dear friends, I wonder with you, what or how would it look like a praying church? And I try to look for examples of that. Have ever any one of you been to a praying church that you said, wow, this is what I want for myself. This is what I want for others. I want to be part of a church that prays the way this church prays. Have you ever been there? Okay. Something tells me you've been traveling and you encounter, you were there, you saw a church that it was not only that day that you saw them praying. You knew that it was more of a trend than an accidental prayer service. Well, when I was thinking and praying and asking the Lord to lead out and what we should be considering, meditating on today, it came to me that story of the one just read of there by our brother Dave. The church, the early church in Jerusalem, And this is a church that right there, from the get-go, from the beginning, it's just confronted with a major big issue. One of the leader, one of the two recognized leaders of the church is in prison right now. But the leader, James, who was the conference president, the local pastor, whichever name we want to use, he was executed by a sword. He did that intentionally, publicly, very swift to cause an impression upon those who were followers of that way the Bible mentions. He wanted to put a stop to that faith, to that movement of believers. And he wanted to make an example out of James, the brother of John. And friends, my brothers and sisters, He was ready to do the same with Peter. He was ready to do exactly the same with Peter. Now, can someone by name, or would someone by name, share a name of a church that you personally know is a community of believers doesn't matter the size, that had just shaken your prayer life and said, I'm in diapers here. I have no clue what prayer is all about until I saw these people, how they pray, their prayer ministry, their prayers during the worship service, their prayers during the week. Have you ever come across from your denomination, my denomination, which is the same, or any other church that you know, that you've been there, and you saw it, there's a name. The Rise Lake Church. Can you, in a brief sentence, tell us what was it that just impacted you about it? Okay, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Sure, sure. Okay. Okay. Any other church? Okay. Oh, boy. hallelujah. There were some. Wow. Let's start right here. Okay. There is an. I heard someone from this side. Oh, Sashi. Amen. I please, Brother Mike. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I knew I heard a voice on this side. Where was it? Perry? Did I say it right? Perry, Florida. Tell us about it. Good. Excellent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look at this. What an excellent idea. Opening the church for students that are not necessarily on their school or even on their church, but they can come and be there. Brethren, some of you already perhaps have heard this story, but it never stops to amaze me, the story of this church. And I'll try to summarize it to you because we need to dig into the word today. And this is the story of a couple, 1971, okay? And the story begins by this individual asking the question, have you ever considered the implications of Christ's starting words when he tells his disciples in John, remember uh, chapter 15 and verse 5. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are we really so spiritually helpless that nothing can be accomplished without God? What do you think? Isn't it true? But we insist on doing something. It's okay. A good desire. You see, Jim and Carol... They discover this in the autumn of 1971 when the little inner small church they were part of that he was pastoring was so, so much struggling they could hardly keep the power running. They hardly have any monies even to keep the lights on that church. So him and his wife had frankly admitted to each other 
that unless God broke through, they were doomed. Period. They were just doomed. Condemned. They were to about to close doors. And that was it. They couldn't keep going on forward. Not only that. They couldn't organize. They couldn't even market and program their way out. To reach out to the people in their community. The embarrassing truth was that. Sometimes him, the pastor, Jim, said, I don't even feel like going to church and preach. I don't even know what I'm going to preach about. The weekly prayer meeting, they had them on Tuesday night, were so sparsely attended, and the power of prayer was just not there. And friends, if we start thinking of our prayer life as a community of faith, I'm so glad prayers were ascending on your behalf, my brother Mike, and behalf of others of you. I have had many of you approach me and say, Pastor, you know what? I pray for you every day and for your family, for the church family. And I say, praise God. That's part of the reason why I'm still here. I can't thank God enough for those of you who have chosen to do Just that. Yes. They came to the conclusion. That. Unless. They had a visitation. From the Holy Spirit. They were done. Yes. They admitted. We have to have. A visitation of the Holy Spirit. Or bust. Disappear. He started praying. And said Lord. I have no idea how to be a successful pastor. I haven't been trained. All I know is that my wife Carol and I are working in the middle of the New York City with people dying on every side of this church. Yes. Overdosing from heroin. Consumed by materialism. If the gospel is so powerful and his words stop right there. He couldn't finish the sentence. You know, that sentence, if the gospel is so powerful, stop right there. He couldn't go any forward. Quietly, but forcefully, Jim sends God speaking to him. If you and your wife will lead my people to pray and call upon my name, he declared, you will never lack for something fresh to preach upon. That's number one. I will supply all the money that's needed for both your life, the church. And you will never have a building large enough to contain the crowds that I will bring to you. How about that prayer, brethren? Think about it. And now he had a prayer that he couldn't even finish. And God is imprisoned upon his mind. He tried to record it. He put it on a book. Can you think about what God can do to your mind? 
church if we would just pray. If my people would just humble themselves and pray. And call upon my name and repent. And everything that separates us from God would be put away. What would we see? Friends. Jim says, I knew I had heard from God. Even though I had an experience, some strange vision, nothing sensational or peculiar. God was simply focusing on the only answer to our situation. Or nobody else for that matter situation. There's only one answer. Yes. The next time they met for service. He came back to the church and told that little tiny church, I really feel that I've heard from God about our church future, he said to them. And he continued, from this day on, the prayer meeting will be the barometer of our church. What does Fox Valley Seventh-day Adventist barometer prayer, weekly prayer say about us? Especially me. Pastor, you can pack and go. Well, what does it say? Let's not worry about it, what it said in the past or even the near present. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it would be turned around? Because of where your and especially my priorities would be focused on from now on by God's amazing grace? Yes. Pastor Jim understood that you will never lack something fresh to preach. I will supply all the money that is needed. Not only that. You know, if you would just but only, you and your wife, would pray and call upon my name. A church that is dedicated to call upon God's name. God will bring people to this church not because of your efforts, but because of your prayers. He will honor your and my prayers in that direction. Friends, I believe that with all my heart. Yes. Beloved, he said to them, from this day on, the prayer meeting will be the barometer of our church. If we call upon the Lord, he has promised in his word to answer. To bring the unsaved to himself. To pour out his spirit among us. If we don't call upon the Lord, he has promised nothing. If we don't call upon his name, what does he promise? Nothing. Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the doors will be opened. We'll talk more about this. Yes. God wants to pour His Spirit on us. And if we don't call upon His name, there is no promise. No matter what I preach or what we claim to believe in our heads, the future will depend on our times of prayer. And the weeks that follow, answers to prayer became very noticeable. Unsaved Relatives and total strangers began to show up. 
in their church building, the little tiny church. There were junkies, prostitutes, and homosexuals. But lost lawyers, business types, and bus drivers turned to the Lord there too. They started to think of themselves as a Holy Ghost emergency room. Think about it. They started thinking of themselves, this is the Holy Ghost emergency room where people in spiritual trauma could be rescued for Jesus. Amen? Brethren, I pray that God, after our time together this morning, we would be so clear where He is calling us right now. A power, the power of a praying church would be manifest in our midst. Yes. What are we going to do in this regard? And I pray the answer will be very simple, but very clear for us. Let's look into the Bible. Acts chapter 12. We know the introduction of the story. But let me bring to you, before we go to Acts 12, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 20 and verse 17. Right there we got a wonderful classical example what happens when a praying church takes God at His word. Genesis chapter 20 verse 17. I love this passage, what it tells us right there. Some of you are very fast and are there already. I'm still looking. Genesis chapter 20 verse 17. And the word of God tells us the following. So brother Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech. Okay, you don't have to say amen. It's all right. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech. His wife and his female servants. Then they bore children. They couldn't have children. And now, one church member started to pray. And as God, and God honored that prayer. Friends, as we turn to Acts chapter 12, now that I had Mark here, I rejoice over the fact that now, verse 2, it says that Herod killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. He did it swiftly. People were divided about this. And because they saw that, that it pleased the Jews, he said, I am in the right direction. This is the right policy. My politics are working here. But he also learned that Passover was there. It was not safe to, during, during, to execute Peter during those days. So he said, I'm going to wait until it's over. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Sixteen soldiers, four times four, sixteen groups, I mean, four groups of four soldiers were there making sure that Peter would not escape. So, verse 5 Peter was therefore kept in prison, but here is the beauty. Constant prayer was offered to God for him by who? 
by the church. Constant prayer. There's a, a there's the, the, the first, uh, indication. Here we can see the, the drawing, the picture of, uh, the power that can be manifested on a praying church. They were constantly praying for Peter because of this circumstance there that had taken place. And brethren, there in Acts chapter 12, we find five powerful things that God will do in answer to the prayers of His church family as they fulfill His mission here on earth. The greatest challenge to God is that you, and especially I, would believe it and experience it. That constant prayer that He's calling and inviting us to be engaged and be part of by His amazing grace. So, let's look into these five things that God, these powerful things that God will do in the life of his followers that will he will manifest in and out and all around them at all times. Let's look into verse 6. The church is praying and it says in verse 6, and when Herod was about to bring him out, ready to kill him, that night Peter was doing what? Now, isn't this like a bucket of cold water thrown on you? We're talking about prayer, a praying church that comes with praying for him, and Peter is doing what? He's sleeping. Friends, I ask the question to you. Why was Peter sleeping? Have you ever thought of that? Why was Peter sleeping? I believe with all my heart that Peter was sleeping because he knew, like Paul, I have run the race. I have done what God has asked me to do. Some chapters back, the Lord through the Holy Spirit spoke through him. First 3,000, then 5,000, then 4,000. And this is not counting the wives and the children came to the Lord. He could say, I'm done. I have nothing to worry. God has used me and I can't thank him enough with what he's done. I can sleep because whether I die or live, my life is in his hands. Friends, Peter was sleeping. And if you look in my notes, I have a lot of Z's there, you know. He was snoring. He was sleeping. But was the church sleeping? No. They were constantly offering prayers for God. Can you see the these two elements that are so essential, are so important in the prayer life? The confidence that Peter had prayed already. He went to sleep. But the church decided, well, he knows, but we don't know. We don't have the opportunity. You cannot come a hundred yards even close to Peter because of all the guard that was there displayed to make sure that he was not even approached by anyone. So they had no clue if he was at peace or if he was biting his nails. So they decided, no matter what, we're going to do what Jesus invited us to do. Pray without season. Never stop praying. Always pray because if we want to see men and women saved for the kingdom of God, to see God send them to his 
city of refuge, which is this building here, symbolically of what calls his house for all nations, for all people, with all kinds of trouble. I really enjoy that term, the Holy Spirit emergency room. And there you and I, instead of just looking pretty and nice hearing a sermon, we would be so Engage and look in who came today, who that the Lord sent in that I will love, invite home for lunch and take him out to groceries or just open the word with him and pray with him. This is what the Lord is calling me and calling you this very day. Lord, you know them. Where are you working at? Through your Holy Spirit that's gone ahead of my prayers. And Lord, show them to me so that I can join you where you're working at. Yes. When the people of God. When the church of God. Becomes a praying church. Their nights are, their nights are going to be. And look and feel different. From their past experience. Why? Because they know they have done what God has asked us. That's just ground zero. Basic training information. Pray. Pray. Never stop praying. Be specific. Don't pray like the little children do. Bless their hearts, you know. Lord, bless all the kitty cats of the world. Great. And their love for their little pets, they present them before God. But God is inviting you to go beyond the dogs, the parakeets, the birds, whatever your pet might be. There are precious souls that are dying, perishing right here, Nina, Menasha, Appleton. And for that matter, the rest of this district, the state of Wisconsin, the United States, the whole globe, there are souls dying. But God is asking you and me, pray for those that are near to you and to me. Yes, when we choose as individuals to be a praying family, a praying husband, a praying wife, a praying son or daughter, having in our gathers together, when the family comes around the table, when the family comes around the word of God, this is the list of precious souls that we want to be, that we want to see saved in the kingdom of God. In second place, when God's professed followers pray, look at what verse 8 tells us is going to happen. Acts chapter 12 and verse 8 mentions the following. We will begin with verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. This is Peter now. He's there in jail. He's sleeping, remember? And now an angel of the Lord comes and appears. He was sleeping. And a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter. It doesn't say he touched him. Struck Peter on his side. And raise him up, saying, Arise quickly. And this is what really amazes me. And his chains fell off his hands. Has anyone 
of you ever seen how you call in English um, whenever the police handcuffs have you ever seen handcuffs just fall off anybody's hands nobody okay how about start praying for those think about it Peter is in prison and these were not the handcuffs that we're talking about these were big chains and it was so designed that on each side of Peter, the Bible tells us there was a soldier, one on his left and the other on his right. And there was a chain from this hand to the soldier's hand and the other one to the other soldier. And then in front of him, there was two soldiers inside of the door and two soldiers. That's four plus these two. And then another four and then another four and two more and the other later. Sixteen altogether. There was no way Peter could walk out Without being noticed. If he was going to move. He had to pull those chains. And those soldiers would awaken. But. The Bible record tells us that. Peter when he's awakened by the soldier. He's not asking the angel. Do you have the key for these chains? When he stands up. He feels very light. He hears no noise. The chains fell off his hands. Friends, I'm amazed. When the people of God start praying, wonderful things will start happening. The chains that bond the church family with all the things that the enemy of our souls are holding us back will fall because we will be praying for one another. Amen? You see? We will not be worried about the future of this church or the world church. Why? It's in God's hand and you and I are doing what he called us to do. And that is to pray for one another. Pray for souls. I'm going to go really fast from now on because it is 12. And in the next seven minutes, I should be done. Friends, God wants to deliver any fear, any struggle. That any one of us is going through. Think of a praying church. That has a member who's struggling. With any kinds of addiction. Whether it be pornography. Alcohol. Smoke. I don't know. You name it. And this brother. This sister. Comes before his church and says. Brethren. Pray for me. That I will be free. From the chains that are holding me back. But those are not the only chain. Okay. I just mentioned a few of them. Television. I am addicted to television. You, you got a reason to pray for me now. I just wanted to let you know this. Brethren, I walk into Best Buy and immediately guess where my eyes turn to. Where all those big screens are back there. You see friends, there's more than the addictions that I mentioned there. There are many others. I remember the lady that was one of those beautiful saints that it's not only a vegan, wonderful, active member in the church. But she stood up one day and said, brethren, I'm addicted to soap opera. I need your prayers. I can't let go of this. Come noon. Guess where my television automatically starts on? They're programmable. You can program. 
chains need to be broken. Chains need to be opened and set free for every one of us here. And God has given us an opportunity today to become the praying church. He's calling you and he's specially calling me to be aware of and become part of so that he can do all that he wants to do in its midst to show his power, not how prayerful we are, but to show his power. That's what it's all about. In third place, when a praying church engages in prayer, verse 10 tell us the following. When they were past the first and the second guard post. You see, it was one guard, the second post, and there was still even a third one. When they were going by the second one, they came to the iron gate. The other ones were pretty easy to go through, you would say. But then the iron gate that leads to the city, the last one, that it was the most secure, which opened to them of its own accord. How many of you have seen a city gate open by itself? By itself. No electrical device. No button being touched. By itself. Of its own accord. Do doors have their own mind? No. But this one sounds like by its own accord. She just opened up. No noise to this point. No chains. The soldiers are in their place. Peter following this angel according to the record. Walks out. And the Bible is just amazing. Verse 8. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. So they're walking out. So they went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real. But thought he was seeing what? A vision. This is a dream. This is not for real. It can't be that I'm walking out of this prison. All this along, he thinks this is a dream. It was not a nightmare. It was a dream. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them. Isn't that feel wonderful? You walk in the, you see the sliding doors that have that uh, laser light there. Once you walk, boom, they open. They didn't have that technology then. But the door just opened as they were going through. Says there, verse 10, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down on one street. And immediately the angel departed from him. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. There it is. He knew it. Brethren, when we as a church engage in prayer, Every door will open. One day in heaven, you will ask the Lord to give you the files of what went through my mind, thinking of the idea that I could walk to Lawrence University and ask for 
an auditorium and they will give it to me just because I asked them. Look for those records in heaven. What went through my mind? I prayed, I feared, I chickened out. You just name it. All the things that went through my mind. Will they say yes? Will they say no? Well, the day came when I visited. I told you the name, Linda Peters. Person coordinating all the buildings except one. I couldn't believe the courtesy, the respect, the openness, and the willingness to have this prophecy seminar there to the community. When the church prays, the Lord will do things, my brethren. He will open doors before you. Not because of you, but because of himself. That's the whole purpose, number four. In fourth place, when God's church prays, verse 17 tells us the following. But motioning to them. Remember, verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. And when he got there, were many, many were gathered together praying. The church was praying. Verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate. You would say, oh, Peter, please come in. But no, she runs to tell everyone else. She forgot to open the door of the gladness of seeing Peter there. But ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. The church was praying because James was killed. Peter was in line. He was the next one on death row. But they said to her in verse 15, you are beside yourself. Other translations said, you are mad. Others said, you are crazy. The poor girl couldn't. Why are you telling me all this? I'm telling you, Peter is out there standing at the door. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it's an angel. It's an angel. Friends, God is amazing. He is amazing to us. When we pray, when we come to the Lord, we need to consider, like Peter did there in verse 17, but motioning to them when they finally opened the door to them. You see verse 16 says, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter motioning with his hand to them said to them, Please be silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Please let me tell you how the Lord spared my life. Let me tell you the story. Actually there isn't much to say. I just walked out. An angel asked me to follow him. And walked out. And here I am. And not only I'm telling you this. Go and tell James too. That's what verse 17 there says. Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. You see, when a praying church engages in this communion, in this relationship with God, you will go and tell what God has done in your life. And finally, brethren, in fifth place, it is important that we remember that when we 
choose to become a praying person, family, a praying church. Verse 24 tells us that when God's children become that kind of praying church, their prayers will sound completely different from what they have been accustomed to in the past. I am sure that my prayers need a total, complete makeover, a new creation by God. And I wouldn't be surprised if yours would need the same treatment from heaven as well. My friends, look at what verse 24 says. And with this, we will close. Verse 24 of Acts chapter 12 says, But the word of God grew and multiplied. The word of God grew and multiplied. Just go a few pages before to Acts chapter 4 and verse... Acts chapter 4, and we will begin with verse 23. Look at the praying church here. What, is, what kind of prayers come out of a praying church? Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And being let go, this is Peter again, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God. What is that? Ha! Ah, that's a praise? That's a prayer? You can, you can mix them. It doesn't matter. It works there. Prayer fits well. Praise fits well. They raised their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, it sounds more like a prayer now, right? You can see it. Lord, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them. 25, who by thy mouth, by the mouth of your servant David, who said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. 27. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together against, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threads and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. 30. By stretching out your hand, you, Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus and finally, 31, and when they had prayed, we know it's a prayer now. Yes, there were prayers, but we know it's a prayer. The place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were, number one, filled with the Holy Spirit, and two, and they spoke the word of God with all boldness. No need of any more explanation. I pray that like never before in my life and in your life, your family, 
my family, this church will become a praying church and God will have us sell this place because there will not be room enough and we will have to move and move and move because you and I have been doing what he asked us to do. Pray. Dear Father, starting with me, I'm embarrassed before you and your children for not being where you have invited me to be. And the secret chamber of prayer to the level, to the experience of the early Christian church. That was indeed a praying church. That if we are to not compare because of human standards, but spiritually speaking, it's just a wake-up call. You're waiting on me. You're waiting on us to do what you want to do. And Father, not just today, because of the joy of the moment, but every day, every moment, we will be praying for names of people that we will not be happy to be in your kingdom unless they are there too. Father, would you do that? Fill every heart with the fullness of your Holy Spirit just now. Thank you for honoring your people's request. And now, grant us that with boldness, Jesus would be uplifted and all will be drawn to him. In his saving name, we all pray and say, Amen.